So we're gonna talk about. So we made it to week nine. So that's plus. Sorry, I got pages of pages of notes. Oh god. (laughs) I told you I was gonna go full Charlie from sitting in Philadelphia with figuring out district stuff. I did that like Monday. Uh, should we just go through all the questions? We had a bunch of questions on Facebook from yesterday. You kind of opened a can of worms on that one. And we had a lot of comments. <laughs> it was all about me being lazy. One, <laughs> I didn't have to uh, come up with our own content. So, I mean, in our defense, we do that a lot anyways. And then we have to come up with questions with Chris every week. <laughs> it's just like yeah. we don't want to be talking about the same stuff over and over, which – you know, a lot of the questions are going to be repeats anyways, but there's some good stuff in there. Let me see here. Has John Dykstra replaced you? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't believe so. I was just super tired last week. I'm like, yeah, I got to be up early in the morning. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> oh. Well, and I was like, well, now people expect it, so – yeah, we missed that one week, and people were not happy. We're like, ah, sorry, guys. <laughs> Didn't realize you wanted us up at 11 o'clock at night, 11.30. And I was at my parents' house, and I was hanging out with them, and they were about to go to bed. I'm like, eh, it's just not tonight for me. So, Yeah, we don't talk about the NBA. Trash. Yeah, we're not doing that. I am a big NBA fan, but it's October. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Um, but also, Mavs. Anyways. <laughs> I'll answer the question anyways. Um, oh, how's it going, Trice? Good seeing you Friday there. Um, Anthony, are you going to Pattonsburg tomorrow? No. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> not, not that I don't love the people of Pattonsburg. Or all of me. But, you know, kind of see how that one's probably going to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, with that one. So, yeah, I just, Albany's better. I mean, Pattonsburg got a good three-win season going into the playoffs kind of deal. Um, they have a rebuild year for them. So, but. They played well. I mean, they've had bad games, but. They won the games they were supposed to. They roll the score points versus other teams. So, I mean, they're not. I mean, they also play in a really brutal conference on there. Um, which I have so many notes. The GRC is 16 and four, or will probably be 16 and four in out of conference games this year, with half of those losses being St. Joe Christian. Uh, the Wemo, I think 12 and seven. They're right now, they're 12 and seven, be either 14 and seven or 12 and nine after this week, depending on how and how. OCL Greenfield and Drexel St. Paul Lutheran go. Kind of two toss-up games there for them. So 275, not great now a conference. Southwest plays North Angel this week, so probably two and seven is their out of conference record this year. So that um, will come into effect and it'll be a factor in district four for seeding, possibly, if there is a close tie on there. 
Um, it'll hurt the strength of schedule for Platte Valley and EA compared to Albany and Worth County. You play tougher schedules uh, with that, especially in conference. You get just more wins, just more credit for those teams to kind of deal with that. So, so do you want to go with some of the comments that are here as well, or do you want to go with some of the comments we had yesterday? Well, most of the comments are about the NBA, so. Yeah. Which uh, which team or teams have performed above your expectations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would probably start with Stewartsville, Osborne, or probably my first one. Uh, them going 5-4 and four this year was not something I expected. Uh, them this year, I know 275 is down a bit, but they were able to beat the teams they were supposed to. They got Keatsville in the out-of-conference. Uh, they had half the wins there for the – um, 275 out of conference along with EA over Stanbury. So probably Stewartsville Osborne up north, just them kind of resurging. Um, I'll let you have your team down south. I know I think I know who you're going with there with I think on there. Well, I got a couple. Um, you know, up north, I think East Atchison, and I know I've That's been true. a bit harsh, um, but they've been a lot better um than I kind of expected because they keep losing and losing and losing players each year and um they're still undefeated. Yep, so, I think we addressed yeah. that kind of in the preseason. We we're like, yeah, we're not EA. We'll see how we don't know how good they're going to be, and then still looking at them in the jam brain, like, yeah, they got talent still. They'll be good still. And we'll see how top, how what their ceiling is. But like, they've been much better. I mean, going eight zero, um, going to that game Friday night versus Platte Valley should be interesting to see how they handle it. They've been kicking the crap out of teams. I know it's not the most difficult schedule, but they are doing what they're supposed to with it. So yeah, yeah, and I think I think Appleton down south. That's what um, I thought you were going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, they they were. <laughs> it was not their best performance last week, um, but I think still, um, you know, what they've been able to do this year is, you know, drastic improvement because they the last few years have been real bad for them. So mm-hmm. um, they surprised me a little bit. Obviously, you know, I think you know with their boy Cash that's that helped him a lot. Yes, it did. He, yeah, he's a really good player. He's got almost a thousand yards rushing this year and he's averaging nine yards a carry um, on the season. He's been very good for them um, as a freshman. So he'll be even better going forward for them. Um, I think a team that I think we expect to be better this year, but it's nice to see them live up to the expectation of that is Bramer being six and two this year. We thought they'd be better. Um, and they've been able to beat teams they were supposed to this year. And I think total, they had six wins before I'll look my, um, in the first like six years in eight man football, so them being six and two this year is just fantastic for them. I think it's just a good. They got a nice little young nucleus there as well with the new coach with Keaton over there. So um, that's pretty great for them. I think to give them a little shout out for not only having some expectations this year, but also living up to them. Six and two you could beat North Shelby this Friday and get to seven and two, and that'd be just a fantastic season there for the Bobcats. Um, They'll be in the top five next year. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for I started, sure. I, I started thinking about next year's poll. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking. They had since 2016, so one, two, three, four, five. Their first six years in eight man, they had eight wins total. And they could possibly get to that this year alone. So I think that's one team we could give a shout out. I know we had expectations for them this year, but also living up to those is sometimes didn't happen. We thought maybe early on in the year we were a year ahead on them. But I think we we're them being a top 15 to 20 team this year. It was nice to see on there with that young nucleus with Jordan Haley going to lead the state in for passing, probably. Um, and then probably Liberal down south as well. Hold I think that we got to take a time right here. What? Tim Penny 
is tweeting. Baseball games? Ignoring the invitation to the uh, live stream. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if we just keep mentioning the South, it's like Beetlejuice. He'll eventually just show up, I think. So we're going to keep it with the South here. I think Liberal. They're a team that we kind of maybe overlooked a little bit this year, them being six and two. Uh, probably going to be six and three going to the playoffs there. I think they've been a, they were a much better team than we kind of expected probably early in the season. Kind of, we weren't sure to do with them with um, Jasper kind of deal in that middle of the Wemo with Appleton now jumping into that as well. I think Liberal has been a little better than we expected this year as well uh, yeah, for them. I mean, Worth County. Yeah. Better than I expected. I we thought they would be like a top 10 team, probably six or seven outside of the top contenders. And they were right there with them at the top contenders. We could probably throw Albany in that as well. We didn't have them on our radar yeah. to start the year, and they've been fantastic this year. Yep. I think Albany and Stanbury just kind of flipped roles in the GRC this year is what kind of happened, and we weren't expecting that to happen. Stanbury's probably been on the opposite end where they've been disappointing. Yep, I would uh, include Stanbury in that. Um, I'm not sure who else we would include in the disappointing uh, category there because even the teams that have three or four losses – like we think King City and LeBlanc are still top fifteen teams. They've had tough, tough schedules, so we wouldn't really include them in the the down part of it. Um, maybe Jasper at four and four. Yeah, um, I think that we had some expectations of me. Maybe we're liberals that kind of deal more pushing for that top four seed instead of fighting for the five seed kind of deal in that district. I mean, um, Drexel maybe. lost the game. That's Drexel did lose a game. That's disappointing. Just poor coaching there. Just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We love Dean. Um, with that, they, and I guess coffee going down was a disappointment. They've still been good outside of that. Um, I think other kids have stepped up for them. Um, oh, so same, maybe not getting Drexel and Archie Paul, at full strength. What St. Paul? That's been a they've mm-hmm. overachieved. I mean, I thought they'd be good, but um, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Where they are now, I can't say you expected that. <clears throat> white on white's always a good look. I want to address one of Trice's comments there. Uh, you want to know what we think about the all-white look for Albany, and I think it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. it's such a good look. The all-white versus King City's look last Thursday. I know I saw some pictures of there. That was a fantastically looking football game. I'm not a big fan of purple, as it's been well documented, but that was a very good color contrast and a very good looking game. Uh, yeah, you were at that game. That's uh, that was weird. I was watching it. I was watching it from Kansas City. I didn't want to drive back to I didn't want to drive to Kansas King City that weekend. So sorry. I'll see King City next this weekend. So um so do, is this my point where I can do the 10 minute dialogue on my hat collection? No, we're not doing that. Okay. Sorry, Jeremy. You won't let me do it. Um uh, let's see here. A lot of stuff with districts. Trying to think here. Who are some of the teams that have played a tough schedule and have been on the verge of being in that like top 15, but just kind of been put down by a tough schedule? Who would you kind of include in that kind of category? I think the first two that come to mind for me is King City and LeBlanc, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, Anyone that's not in the top four of the GRC? <laughs> no, they've played a pretty tough I schedule. Mean, really, point. I mean, if you're Pattonsburg and you, you know, don't play in the GRC, maybe you're, you get a few more wins. 
Yeah, I mean, it's possible there for them. I, I mean, it's just tough to trust them in some games just because the games they have won, like Skylar, not a great defensive team either. St. Joe Christian, not a great defensive team either. Rich Hill down this year. So it's not like they've played their three wins are against juggernauts. But Skylar County, they're going to be a, right around 500 team this year. That's a good win there for them at least. And they're better than they have been over the last few years. They've showed improvement this season. Um, but, yeah, they would – I think if you put Pattonsburg in the 275 this year, it just mass chaos because – seeing teams try to keep up with them scoring a bunch of points, but them also not stopping anybody would have been a lot of fun. It would have been like South Holt Stewartsville all over again, like every week, <laughs> the 275 first to 70 wins. And then everyone's exhausted at the end of the night because it was a four hour football game. Who, uh, you're, and I don't know if this is current or all time, but the, you're coaching Mount Rushmore. Ooh, yeah, this is a good question. Um, well, the first two names that kind of came to mind for me was one, Bory for Worth County. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he's like the godfather of winning football games. He he averaged nine wins a year when there was a nine game schedule going into the playoffs. <laughs> so over like sixteen years. So it wasn't like that. So I mean, he's up there and then probably I put Schoonover in there. I mean, he coached for five years, won three state championships, had two losses. I mean, it's kind of hard not to okay. put someone like that here's, on there. Here's the argument I would make with these guys. The amount of talent they had. Because I assume next you're going to the purple team that you love so much. I don't know if I am, actually. Because they've had so many coaches go through there and they just keep winning. Well, that's where, whether, that's it was, where whether it was Sharp or Peterson or Messer – or um, even Sanford won a couple state championships. I mean, they just kept – it just didn't really <laughs> – they had a lot of talent there for a lot of years. Well, that's where the, the coaching rush more gets me. It's Well, are we counting just the wins? Are we counting coaches that schematically have to get their guys to wins that don't have the talent advantage? That's where I think the, the coaching one's tough. Mm-hmm. Especially in, in high school football in general, really. Yes, it is. Because you have – you want to just go by coaches that have won just three championships and put them in your Mount Rushmore. I wouldn't balk at that because you would have Bory, Messer, um, Schultz from North Andrew, and Schoonover from North Andrew all have at least three state championships with Bory having five. Um, but I think there's other guys in there that are definitely – should get recognition, whether it's Jewel for the – one championship, there's Andrew Christian starting that program from scratch and what he built there in St. Joe. Um, Vernon Pike at DeKalb winning a state championship and being in the state semifinals pretty much every year for a long time there. DeKalb is – if you ever look at the old history of eight-man football, DeKalb is all over the place. Um, Dan Collins at Stanbury was very successful there for a long time, um, including winning a state championship. Um, he hadn't won a state championship, but Coach Thacker, what he's done at Norman Harden Central, now at work has been very impressive for a long time there as well, maybe making the most out of some talent that wasn't great during those years, but they were able to win a lot of games just because he's a really good coach. Um, so it's it's a very interesting situation. I still probably – if you made me pick my four, at this point I'd probably go Bory, Schoonover, Jewel, neither Pike or Thacker, just a little bit of a mix of everything. <laughs> Packer, huh? I think he's up there. Well, I think I think Philip Dean has more state titles than Packer. 
if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he does. He definitely does. Um, I think Coach Stack would argue he'd like a Jacob Coffee as well. <laughs> but either way, I mean, those are two really good coaches. You say, I mean, that, you say that, and then you name off Schoonover in Worth County, and that's my point. <laughs> like, uh, Andrew had five coffees. Uh, yeah, they, they were really good. Those teams were good. <laughs> we were playing against a couple of them. They were, <laughs> they were good. Um, but also, like, there you go, Coach Dean. I know Dean won that. <laughs> but also, North Andrew had talent before he got there, and the and whatever was going on there, coaching wise, they couldn't get the most out of them. And then I saw what he did live in person, and kind of the way he ran that program. It, I don't know if it was sustainable over a decade or two or something like that just because of how intense it was. But for a five-year spurt, man, it was a machine. <laughs> they were good. So help that there were 12 other teams in the state, but, you know. <laughs> You're going to get yourself in trouble with the North Andrew people. <laughs> you covered so well. Um, there was 20-ish for most of those years. <laughs> uh, 20 to 24 on average there. Um, trying to think. Um do I mean, like, do you like the twenty percent? Did you see oh, the question? The penalty thing? Because yeah. it's twenty percent. No, I don't. <laughs> it's because it makes math so much harder. <laughs> like this is actually an eight-yard holding penalty. Like I don't want that. Like I think I like your idea better, where we just play a hundred-yard field and just go yeah. from there. So I like. I'd rather do that than go down to the four-yard false start, the four-yard offside. We have do an eight-yard first downs now. I mean, do you know why? Is it just they're like, well, there's fewer players, so we have to shrink the field? Is it just? I don't know. Is whatever Coach Pike wanted when they started eight man football at the camp? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know what the origin was that. I know. I understand why the field is not as wide, but I don't understand as much with the length of it. Maybe this when it condense it all and just have a. I don't know. I really don't know the history of that one. I know a lot of the history for eight-man football. I do not know the history of the uh, dimensions of the football field, unfortunately. Should we tell people our plan? What, what plan is this? Do you know the plan? we get, we got a five-year plan that Devin and I will be running Missouri eight-man football in five years. <laughs> yeah, the whole secession on the South is rising thing, that, <laughs> that whole plan. <laughs> we got to get a code name for that besides South is rising because – that's some connotations that we really don't need for this to actually get traction. Um, yeah, I wish we could make stuff with districts. Unfortunately, we don't have that power. Maybe we'll talk to people at Misha this year at state and give our two cents again and see if anything changes. Probably not. What are we talking about, John? We talked a lot of football so far. This has been, this has been very football centric. Um, Dark Horse Player of the Year. See, it's always tough for me when it comes to Dark Horses because I look and, like, talk about all these kids so much. It's hard to, like, hey, who have I not talked about in the last, like, three weeks to get their name back in the running kind of deal for this stuff? Because um, who do you think the Player of the Year is right now? Just, like, the front-runner favorite? Because I think that's not an easy conversation either. Kimper. I have three names that came to mind right away. I think it was Kemper. He was one of the three I, that came to mind. There are players that I think 
Um, you know, like Hayden. I think Hayden's great, but like he was the second player that came to mind. There was one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's up there because it's it's tough when we do these. Um, and like that's why I think you and I can do a better job with our our own all state picks because it goes far beyond just hey, who led the state in rushing? Because mm-hmm. it's it's just different, you know, when you're when you're really good, you don't have to carry the ball twenty times a game or you don't have to play every game. So that's that's why it's tough. Like I don't you know, North Andrew's not North Andrew without him. And mm-hmm. it's hard to look at the number one team in the state and not give credit to its best player. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I have uh, Brian McIntyre on my list. So, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you look at the best players. I think you look good. at Briar. I think you look at Kemper. You look at Hayden Ecker. Um, it should be much uh, more actually. Like it should be players of the year, and there'd be four yeah. of them. Because I think I think Jackson Miller deserves to be in the conversation for it because of how I mean, just eye popping that his numbers have been. I mean, he's leads the state in rushing right now, and he missed two games. Pretty much. I mean, he got injured like two plays in one game, missed the next week, and now he's back and he's still leading the state in rushing, um, both rushing yards and touchdowns so far this year. Um, and I think someone like Landon Gardner, I think I know their team's five and three and they've struggled versus the top teams, but it's not been because he struggled versus the top teams. He was still really good in those games. It's just yeah. they ran to a couple of buzzsaws there that they've played. They played maybe the three best teams in the state um, with he that. Would be, so. He would be QB three. Yep. He is right. He is Kim right up Kimber, there. Like whoever you want to put as the all-purpose, it's <laughs> him. It's Briar Kemper, and then him as the top three. And mm-hmm. which one's the best? I don't. That's tough to say. But yeah, if I was voting on, because I think usually to do a quarterback, all-purpose back on first and second team. At this point, you would probably have Briar and Kemper. I'd probably put Kemper at QB and Briar at all-purpose back. I think Briar has a few more rushing yards. I think how that whatever you want to do with a breakdown there. I'd probably put Landon at all-purpose back and then Jordan Haley at second-team quarterback from Bramer. It's probably how I would vote the All-State yeah. quarterbacks at, at this point. And we'll, we'll probably break that down once we get to, like, district championship round. Kind of deal with be less teams to cover. We'll have a little more time to dive into stuff and how everybody kind of does because we still look at the playoff results here to help kind of vote for All-State stuff too as well just because that's the most important time of the year. Got to deal with that. So, is it? I've got my list right here. You already got it. I see. I haven't done no, that. See, no, no. I'm like, I already have all this paperwork here for like district stuff. I'm just <laughs> trying to figure out. So, um, that's the one thing about high school football I don't understand is like the records and stuff where it's like, okay, well, somebody got to play 14 games and someone else got to play 12. Like, I think it'd be better if you just counted the regular season and stopped it there because. I mean, in other sports, they don't really do that. Like the NFL, it's not adding your playoff stats as well. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. But also there's times, whether it's NFL or MLB or NBA, whatever it is, where you get the regular season, like, yeah, they had a great regular season, and then they absolutely, like, crap the bed in the playoffs. Like, yeah, did we really just – did we really just vote that guy MVP? Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Good job, Lamar. Um, <laughs> Who's the best player you've seen this year? Best player I've seen. That. That's God's tough. There's so many good players. Um, see, I haven't seen Kemper live. I've watched him a couple of times on the Albany TV, but 
um, having to watch him live. I think after what I saw last week, we'd be hating Ecker, just how good he was last week. I mean, he ran for 300 yards, and I don't think Worth County's defense was bad last week. That's just how good he was. And he probably left 30 to 40 yards in the field just by running out of bounds five yards before he probably had to, just because he's like, eh, don't need to take a hit on this play, and just went out of bounds. I'm like, well, he left like 30 to 40 yards in the field. sprained hands. That's <laughs> so what I'm saying. Like, he's playing banged up. He had 300 yards versus one of the best teams in the state and was the reason that they couldn't be stopped on offense that game. So, like, it's kind of hard not to pick Hayden Ecker um, just because I think he's been that good. Then taking anything away from the other guys we've seen this year who I think have been fantastic. And um, I, first time I've ever been told I hate linemen. So that's that's weird in the chat uh, with that because I bring up linemen half the time here. <laughs> you know who hates linemen? Me. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, no one's crazy is I think two of the three best. Um, because I, I I love Hayden as a player. Like he's he's awesome. Yep. Um, and I think Kimper Kimper's up there, mm-hmm. and then Dylan McIntyre is just a freak. Mm-hmm. If we want to do like non quarterback, non running back skill guy, yeah, he's he's probably the best receiver. I know there's gonna be other receivers who have better stats than him because they're in very pass heavy offenses. But what he does per rep kind of deal is pretty I, – I made fun of you on Friday night talking about Adwell. You had, he had the one touchdown where he one-handed it, and you're just like, yeah, hey, touchdown McIntyre. And I'm like, you could have mentioned he one-handed that thing casually. Like, he was nothing. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. When I was breaking down the film on Twitter, I made sure to tweet that one out. <laughs> during the game, I was up there during the game, like, that's a really, really lazy <laughs> description of that play. That was really cool. We need to remember, I have to tweet – I have to take photos, and then I have KMA calling me as well. Yeah, so I'm looking at the stats right now, and Dylan is 10th in the state in receiving touchdowns, uh, actually tied 8th. And the other teams that he's tied with, the only team that I would consider not a heavy passing offense would be Drexel with a day ringer kid. Other than that, Carell from LeBlanc, McDaniel from North Shelby, um, Langfit from Pattonsburg, Koshko from Appleton, I guess would be another one that's not super pass heavy. The Quaid kid from College Heights, uh, Humphrey from Skyler, Shu from Bramer. Like all of those teams are throwing the ball 70, 80% of the time. Worth County, a little more balanced with that. And their half their games are done by halftime because they absolutely just jump on teams half the time. So he's, yeah, he's been very good this year. And he's 11th <laughs> in the same receiving yards. So, well, okay. I would if there were if the coaches listed pancakes in the stats, you bet you bet they would have been in these in these stats for each week. That who's leading the game in Satan pancakes? And I'm guessing it'd be Creed Wilcox because he had the best senior photo this year. Shout out Creed. What team has the best chance to stop North Andrew? I think it's actually Worth County if they can get another chance at them. Just I think Worth County the, they're the worst matchup for North Andrew. Because of not only Dylan McIntyre on the outside, but also Grant McIntyre and Braxton Heights on the outside, and they can use Castleball in different ways. They just have so much speed that it's the one thing North Andrew doesn't have an abundant of in the back end is speed, and so it's the one team that could give them some more fits there. Uh, because neither one of the two could stop each other on Friday. The only thing I can think is, we're, or North Andrew can do things now they've seen it kind of fix those problems in the secondary. Mm-hmm. If you're Worth County, you can't add beef on your line. <laughs> yep. Hard to grow bigger. Uh, but but yeah, I, 
but I would agree. Um, Worth County. Um, I haven't seen Archie this year, um, but I would assume they're similar to Worth County um, as far as the speed aspect and all that. Um, mm-hmm. They're very similar there because they have much weapons to use outside of Briar with Bo Sutton kids, Brock Smith, Debrick. Um, the Hoosier kid had a nice game there versus Drexler earlier this year. So they got a lot of weapons on the outside. I don't – it's hard to compare Worth County and Archie's line play on there. I think Archie – has been very good up front, but they don't have the size that North Andrew – no one has the size North Andrew does up front. But they do have guys who have played very well up there, um, use good leverage, good speed there. I'm just curious. That matchup, if their both teams are healthy, would be very interesting because I think it's just one of those deals where we don't see that matchup very often with the Wemo versus the top of the GRC uh, with that. That was that was one concern we had last year going into the semifinals with King City Drexel. Uh, hey, Drexel has all the speed. They have coffee. King City has this massive line and Parker Muff. What's going to happen there? And Drexel played very well and played above their size kind of deal. Can Archie repeat that versus an even better line with North Andrew this year? That's that'll be the big question if they meet up in the semifinals. Dykstra, Platte Valley's not holding North Andrew to sixteen points. Uh, he's at fourteen. Platte Valley wins. <laughs> oh, he's got Platte Valley winning? Either way. Well, he says Platte Valley North Andrew 16-14. I mean, no. <laughs> I like Platte Valley defense. I like Platte Valley defense, but they still gave up 30-something to Albany. Yeah. And North Andrew is And probably similar to that. I still mm-hmm. think – I still obviously have questions. Um, when it comes to Platte Valley's offense, just a few. Yeah. And they'll be playing in Rosendale where they have lights. So that also helps North Andrew. Not good ones. <laughs> it's still better lighting than Hopkins. <laughs> oh, to uh, Scott Kendrick, to answer your question, I didn't make the rules, but anything south of 36 Highway is considered the south. Oh, that question. We answer this like every year and it bugs me. It's if, you, if you're not the GRC, the 275, you're in the South. <laughs> it's pretty much how people break it down. It's just unfortunately how it works. So once, so as of right now, Southwest Livingston is a northern school. Once they leave, the, once they get out to the 275 and they go to the Central River, most likely, they will now be a southern school. That's just how it works. Unfortunately, with that, you're playing um, the northern schedule pretty much. And I would include LeBlanc, LeBlanc in the North County at this point just because they are in St. Joe, and they play a bunch of those teams up there. So, yeah, pretty much anything Kansas City down is going to be in the south, and then everything east of Kansas City at that point. So pretty much anywhere where the northern teams have to travel an hour south to play you, they consider you the south. So, unfortunately, just just that's where the original footprint of eight-man is. Um, so whenever it was years where the only southern schools were Harden Central, Norburn, Miami, and – Probably Southwest Livingston was the other like farther south school. They were just included in the south when Southwest Livingston. So, well, and Southwest Livingston will now be considered southern. Yep, them and Bramer both switched over the last few years. When Bramer left the GRC, went to the Central River, they were in the south now. <laughs> Same things that happened with Southwest Livingston. That's right. The South's going to add a uh, state title, or is it two? There we go. There we go. <laughs> They'll have at least two going to the next year. There, there are also questions about people moving down and. We don't answer those. Well, here's the team that I've heard. <laughs> I'm not doing that thing, Anthony. We will do that probably 
again in the offseason because we'll have plenty of rumors. I mean, the obvious one's Princeton, just because, you know, they can't play oh, the regular sure. season finale. <laughs> Don't mute me. Don't mute me. He was coming. He did the thing. They're playing with 10 kids, all right? They can't even play the regular season finale. They're going to be eight-man next year. <laughs> Fine, Anthony. We'll do, what's your Coles question? Who's moving back up? The blonde. Not next year, but it's coming. Yeah, they're going to be close to that 150 mark, and they'll probably have some pressure from the conference they're in for everything else to join back up for 11 man. And I think a lot of people in the South really wish that Archie would move back up. <laughs> probably, but. Yeah. Um, what's your hottest take? I don't have I have just accurate takes. I'm not sure if I have any. <laughs> We should have brought each other's hottest takes here and just exposed each other, but that would take some some research <laughs> and going through our mess of Twitter feeds. That's probably not worth it. I know at one point. Go ahead. The Wemo, better than the two seventy five. I don't even think that's hot though. We we talked about this. It's warm. It's warm. People. It's warm like for it. the people who are in the traditional Wemo. Uh, we want the tip, traditional Northwest Missouri bubble of football that haven't seen this. This is why I want just a full state bracket so I can see <laughs> Jasper versus Rockport or just something weird like that, just so we can put this to bed of better teams from different part of the area. Um, with that, I think it would be more interesting. So you could see a liberal versus a Rockport, and they'd be like, okay. And then if liberal won, like, okay, that's the third best team in that conference beating up on Rockport, or vice versa. If Rockport smacks them down, okay, 275 is much better than we thought they were. So that's why I wish we had more of those games. I saw Dexter's comment. <laughs> uh. Come on now. <clears throat> that was a mistake. It was fixed. It was fixed. He... <clears throat> So Anthony always sends me his poll at like 10.30 on Fridays. Um, last, the Pattonsburg game still in the third quarter, and he's sending me his poll. Um, and then every once in a while, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll mention that every once in a while. Some people I'm like, hey, did you not see the score? Or, hey, did you not remember they existed? And he's like, oh, my bad, which is why I don't finalize everything until Sunday evening, just because I know mistakes happen. I've done it before, too, with a certain blue team, not in the first week of the, <laughs> the poll a couple years ago. <laughs> Yeah, um, fix that one though. <laughs> nope, I didn't fix that one in time. That was just me being an idiot um, and not knowing they had an all-state quarterback move back into the school district. So, thanks a lot for that, Oren. Anyways, I, go to practice. I was realizing to be a very straightforward, honest <laughs> guy with me because he told me like two weeks before the season started. I just don't know who we're gonna have give our athletes the ball in space. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I worry about that too. And he's like, yeah, they didn't tell me they had West Hughes. Thanks, Oren. <laughs> Get a stud. Ah, frustrating. Um, why won't Misha let you broadcast playoff games without charging? <laughs> that was a comment from Jeremy Benson. <clears throat> I don't know, because Misha likes the almighty dollar when it comes to high school football in the, in the playoffs. Just kind of drives me crazy because, like, all year, first nine weeks of the year, it's fine. But then the last – the games that really, really matter, the playoff games – you get somehow worse coverage than you would in the regular season. That just kind of drives me kind of crazy in just a you know just a logical sense. But what can you do at this point? 
it's not like they would charge me. They'd also charge me, force me to charge you to watch the broadcast too. And I don't want you to pay for my feed that may or may not work depending on your internet connection. I just, that doesn't seem like a good deal. <laughs> so, and yeah, John says not just for football, it's for all sports. They do it that way, which is just crazy, but they'd rather have the 10 people watch and pay for it than a hundred people just watch. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Anthony, you don't want to get on the mission <laughs> train tonight. You know, no, nope, nope, nope. Occasionally they have to help me out, so I have to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how much they charged you broadcast. It was I, a lot, wasn't it? It's not cheap. <laughs> so. And then, yeah, because the whole, like, where's the South start? That's because someone asked if a Southern team's ever going to host a semifinal. I said, Warwick did. And they're like, well, they're not South. I'm like, yeah, they technically are. They're in the South. <laughs> they did host a semifinal. It did not go well for them because they ran into Mountain City. That was that 2018 cold year. Mm-hmm. That was, except for the state championship game where it was sunny and 65 in Columbia for the state championship game. After the day, week before, it was – a blizzard in Worth County, Pattonsburg. About one twenty-five a game for us to do the fees for it. Jeez. Does Lockwood beat Drexel and Districts? <laughs> right now, yes. Without Jacob Coffee, yes. Yeah, I agree with that at this point. So, just I think Lockwood just a little more explosive on offense. Drexel's still probably better defensively, I mean, but the Tigers the offense. They played poorly last week and still whipped Appleton City. Did they play poor? I know you were watching the film on that one. Yeah. You were sending me stuff for it. And Eli didn't play most of the game, so. Yeah, I saw they did have any bring me stats. I wonder what was going on with that. Was he, did he get banged up or? Stinger. Hmm. Uh. Dollars. Here's a question for us that just came in today. Um, favors to win their districts in each one, all the four of them. Who would you have in your state semifinals? Hmm. Well, is the only person to have the top two teams in his initial poll still be undefeated? I would go with those two teams. So Archie North Andrew for half the semifinals. Are they playing? So that's the first half where Archie would be at North Andrew. And I'll get into why those teams are in that one. Why it's why it's where it's at. <clears throat> and then I'll go, I'll go St. Paul District Two. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. District Three is. <laughs> it's interesting because I think there's four teams that you could choose there that I wouldn't balk at just because the things fell right for them. The top four seeds, I think, all have a chance to get out of it. I I think I'm actually leaning towards the purple schools <laughs> as the representative out of there. Um, just I think both teams are pretty battle tested, and they just I think they have less weaknesses than what Oric and Bramer do at this point. 
Um, I still think I still I'm still going for work. I think they have the best player of all those teams. So, why do you hate Landon Gardner? His mom's going to come after you now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but for real, um, if LeBlanc can get to that's that three seed, I think they have a that's, chance. That's tough. So, um, I'll go with LeBlanc. I'll take LeBlanc to come out of there. Then you'd have St. Paul Lutheran at LeBlanc and Archie at North Andrew. Hopefully they can play those games at different times and we can make the short little 20-minute drive from St. Joe to Rosendale to cover both semifinal games. Make it happen, team coaches, pretty much. I think they pretty much can decide when the semifinals are. I know they got moved last year to where Drexel King City was later, which is gives us just enough time to get from Shelbyville to King City. That's a short little drive. (laughs) That was brutal last year. Good thing it was over Thanksgiving weekend. That was that was fantastic. Um, with yeah, that, I don't like those on Saturday either. Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend it could be on Friday. I'd be more than okay with that, just because. So um, yeah, so if coaches you want to do that as well, um, because it would behoove you to have an extra day before the state title game. Because what's even dumber is then you get four days to prepare for the biggest Thursday. game of the year. Yeah, Thursday game. That's not great. Just think if you're Archie or North Andrew and you come off of that. Like, think if you're North Andrew and you have to beat, like, Worth County, Albany, Archie, just to get the state championship game, come up with a four-day rest. <laughs> That's fun. You're not banged up at all. <laughs> After playing three of the best Especially teams in the state. you're North Andrew and you are always beat up. <laughs> or, if, I mean, say if Worth County is the five seed and say, like, hey, they beat – one of those teams in the first round, Albany, EA, Platte Valley, whoever's in that four seed or whatever, or five seed, they win that. They go to North Andrew. They beat North Andrew. They beat the last remaining team in that district. Then they host Archie. They win. And now they're like, okay, we've only beaten the four of the top five teams in the state to get to the state championship game at this point. Now we're playing on a four-day rest. Hopefully we're healthy. Because, <laughs> Trice, I don't know the answer to your movie question. <laughs> It's what eight man team would have the best movie made about them? <sighs> what team all time makes the best movie? <sighs> you first of all, you need a good coaching lead. So you gotta have a coach that's very interesting, mm-hmm. a team that goes deep in the playoffs. <sighs> I was gonna say those Mountain City teams, they had some characters. I won't co sign on a Mountain City film, so <laughs> I don't think they would go sign in the Mountain City film either. <laughs> I think this came up last year. They're like, nah, we're not worth the movie kind of deal. Um, honestly, 2012, Stanberry with Dan Collins. <laughs> it would be rated R. We <laughs> did Miami. I mean, honestly, last year's Drexel team, it wouldn't be a terrible one. Just because you'd have the historic South Final Window State Championship kind of deal. Um, the Southwest Livingston of two years ago winning their first state championship, and a lot of those kids, their their dads were on the 91 team that made the state semi, made the state championship game too. So, like, there was just a lot of synergy there, a lot of good storylines um, with like the families coming back around for the second time pretty much 20 years later. Um, so, I think it's always kind of interesting. Oh, the gauntlet year for Stanbury as well is, is another good one. That was 
2015, where they went undefeated in football and basketball. Good lord! What? <laughs> 2010. Like I was in school in 2010. I would have been. That would have been my freshman year. But we didn't know anything about Miami. We. I didn't know their colors. And now I know they're green and white. But like I didn't know anything about Miami, and I knew a lot of stuff because <laughs> I was a nerd about it. But like I had no idea where Miami was at in Missouri. You know, they were still I, I still don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, <laughs> I just know there's a Mount City, Kansas over there that kind of throws people off. Um, if you're going down that way, uh, I try to think of other. I didn't teams. see much of it because you were driving 90, but <laughs> I saw a little bit more of it when I drove down with Mitchell to the Northwest Pitt State game. He drove a little slower than me. Uh, yeah, so there, there's a few interesting ones in there. I'm trying to think who else. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, you could have a really cool film on the 99 state championship game for Mound City over North Andrew because it was a 62-60 game, and you have Terry Peterson head coach and Josh Peterson as a junior quarterback for Mound City. I'm sure the behind-the-scenes between Josh and Terry that year were a lot of fun. In some situations, I've heard stories that I think would be a really fun <laughs> Would have been a really fun story to tell. Um, but I just kind of throwing some names out. <laughs> I knew that's what he was shooting for. I... There's a 2020 Albany team, the state champions that weren't. <laughs> that team was good. That team was peaking at the right time, and this COVID just completely knocked him out. All right. Is there any other questions that we missed? I don't think so. I assumed you were going to ramble. ramble on about districts. Yeah, which district do you want to start with? District 1? Your favorite district? <laughs> district 1 is pretty simple, I think, though. I mean, top four seeds are all locked in. Archie Drexel, Lockwood Liberal, top four seeds are pretty much, even if Liberal were to beat Archie this week, it doesn't change it enough for the – tiebreakers and stuff to change anything uh, for that. So those four are pretty much locked in. And then Alps and Jasper, they play each other. Winner gets the five seed, loser the six. And then the bottom four teams, College Heights, Rich Hill, OCL, and Greenfield. OCL and Greenfield play each other this week. And my guess would be if Greenfield wins, it'd be College Heights in the seven. They get the head-to-head over Greenfield either way. So either even if Greenfield – is a seven seeded uh, college heights would jump over them with that um, rich hill at nine and osceola at 10 if osceola wins i think they would jump to the seven college heights the eight rich hill the nine and then greenfield the 10 and you'd have greenfield versus osceola in back-to-back weeks so that's the kind of the, the two different options there for district one which one of those would you prefer <laughs> that play-in game are you going to any of those games or have you decided where you're going for the play-in round iowa I know you're only half joking about that. <laughs> I may go south. Yeah, I mean, just those. because you know, there's a certain district that may keep both of us quite a bit. So. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, if which game would you rather go to then? Osceola at College Heights, Rich Hill at Greenfield, or you know, Greenfield Osceola or Rich Hill at College Heights? I really go to Osceola. 
There you Actually, go. Actually, if it is in College Heights, I will not be going. <laughs> well, I think they're hosting either way. So either you're going to OCL or Greenfield. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, cheese it is. <laughs> you better hope um, they win this week versus Greenfield. Then I think Greenfield wins that one. Be my assumption. Um, be my guess going into it. But who knows? District two. Uh, the top two seeds are locked in, St. Paul and North Shelby. Sweet Springs is surely a lock for the three seed. There is a scenario where if Concordia does pull off the upset and beat Sweet Springs, um, at this point, Santa Fe, they're four and four. They'll probably lose to Oric. Uh, Skyler and Norbert Horn Central are both heavy favorites this week. Um, so there's a chance that there could be five four and five teams there to figure out between three through seven. With Sweet Springs, Santa Fe, Skyler, Norbert Harden Central, and Concordia, with four of those teams having multiple head to head wins against each other, where Sweet Springs beat NHC and Santa Fe, Concordia would have beaten Santa Fe and Sweet Springs, NHC beat Concordia, Santa Fe beat Norbert Harden Central. And there are just so many different scenarios <laughs> there with it, but I think the standings would stay pretty similar. Um, my guess is Sweet Springs does win on Friday, and so lock Concordia into the seven seed. And I think the four through six would be Santa Fe, Skyler, Norbert Harden Central. Skyler and Norbert Harden Central are separated by two hundredths of a point right now in the Misha points thing. They're both going to win against teams who are not great with the win-loss. So we'll have to see kind of deal at that point where they kind of go. Um, bottom three are locked in in that district with Knox at the eight, Northwest Hughesville at the nine, and Keatsville at the ten. So that's what we're looking at there for district number two. Uh, most likely there. And Jared, I'll get to Albany here in District 4 because District 4 is just the hardest one um, with that. If you flip two teams and districts, who would you go with? Southwest and North Andrew. I mean, it would break up some District 4, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, District 3, um, a lot of locks in that one. Oric will be the one seed. Stewartsville will be the five, Pattonsburg the six, St. Christian the seven, DeKalb the eight, Southwest the nine. All those teams are either Oric and Stewartsville are both heavy favorites. The other four teams are heavy dogs this week, so those shouldn't change a whole lot there for this week. The big one is the two, three, and four. Um, if all three, Bramer, King City, and LeBlanc all win, I think they stay the same with Bramer being the two, King City the three, and LeBlanc the four. If Bramer loses, but Luan and King City win, which they should, he's going to be the super, the, just the closest of margins there for that. Because I was looking at the win-loss records for all these teams. Uh, Bramer, they're either going to be 40-32 and 32 or 41-31 and 31 with their single schedule after this next week, um, which is actually pretty decent. LeBlanc, they're going to be 38-32 or 39-31. and 31. I think it depends on what Greenfield does, actually. And then King City is going to be 39-32. and 32. So all three teams are super close when it comes to win-loss record. I think King City would get the two-seed in that situation, though, because all of their wins have been by more than 13 points, so they'll get extra bonus points um, for that at that point. They won't have the extra points with that. Bramer has an eight-point win, and LeBlanc has an eight-point win, so that makes them even closer. I do think Bramer would get the three-seed over LeBlanc, just do a slightly better strength of schedule, do the numbers kind of deal. Uh, with that, they've played less teams who are one or two losses, one or two wins on the year pretty much is going to be the difference there between Bramer and LeBlanc. Even though LeBlanc's played a better top-heavy top, half, top heavy schedule, the numbers are going to back Bramer a little bit more in that one. 
So I think the most likely scenario, if Bramer wins, would be Bramer two, King City three, LeBlanc four. And if Bramer loses, would be King City at two, Bramer at three, LeBlanc at four. Um, would be the most likely matchups there with the four seed getting to play Stewart's Vlogs in the first round, the three seed playing Pattonsburg, and the two seed playing Senior Christian. So that's District Three. That one's the simple one of the four of the, of the last two here. District Four. Do you want to talk for a minute so I can get a drink before District Four? Because District Four is gave me a migraine this week thinking about it. Listen, man, you just win football games, and where you're seated doesn't matter. I mean, you're not wrong, but this is fun. Is it uh, fun? You tell me. We're losing <laughs> viewers. Are we losing yeah. viewers? <laughs> Just a few. Just okay. A few. I'm sure we'll have more tomorrow. So this information is important. Yeah. Um, so but that's why I leave it to you because math bores the hell out of me. And I'm not good at it. So I like math. Math and I have a good relationship most of the time. So if East Atchison beats Platte Valley, I think the math is pretty simple at this point. EA will not have enough to overcome North Andrew for that one seed. North Andrew's going to be locked to that one seed no matter what. Um, EA, their strength of schedule is the worst out of those X4 teams by a pretty substantial factor. Uh, Worth County is going to have the best strength of schedule at 41 and 30. Albany, 38 and 33. Platte Valley, 37 and 35. And East Ashton, 32 and 39. So they are multiple games back when it's going to come to strength of schedule, even with adding the Platte Valley game this week. Uh, they're going to be just me behind in that. So if there's if it's anywhere close, and they have a two point win over Rockport, which is not helping them as much as a fourteen point win versus Rockport would have in that situation. <clears throat> Platte Valley, their loss is by two points, so that's going to help them in that as well. Albany, they have two wins by two points, which is why they'll most likely be behind Worth County, whatever scenario, because Worth County has the best strength of schedule, and all their wins are more than by more than fourteen points. Um, which is why this week is why Worth County is still above Albany despite, despite having two losses to Albany's one. Because Albany has two close wins, while Worth County has a close loss and it just a bunch of blowout wins. While Albany's one loss was by 14 points, which was key there uh, for North Angels securing the one seed and also kind of hurts Albany uh, almost as much as the two close wins helps them on there. So if EA beats Platte Valley, I think there's three different scenarios that you can look at there just based on points. Um, EA the two, I think Worth County would be the three seed possibly on there. Albany the four with the head-to-head over Platte Valley. Um, that's where they would jump just the one spot you can't jump to. The other scenario would be EA at the two, Albany at the three jumping over Worth County, and then Platte Valley is the five. And the last scenario would be EA at the two, Albany at the three jumping over Platte Valley with Worth County being the five. I think that's the least likely one because I think Worth County is going to have the advantage over Platte Valley. And then I think there's three scenarios of Platte Valley beats EA. The first one, Platte Valley gets the two seed. Albany is the three with the head-to-head over Worth County to jump up there. Worth County the four, EA the five. Second scenario is Albany gets the two seed by jumping over Platte Valley. Platte Valley is the three, Worth County the four, EA the five. And the last one is Platte Valley is the two, Worth County the three, EA the four and Albany is the five seed because of their two close wins and the one losses by more than 14 points. They actually jumped down to the five seed 
and you'd be have all made East Edge in that first round, which I think is a distinct possibility there. It also could be uh, worth counting at the three seed. At the two seed, I don't think they have enough to overtake Platte Valley, though. For that two seed, they're, they're a little bit farther behind them than they are Albany with that. So that's the different scenarios with that district kind of deal on there. Uh, the the final five teams are locked in. Rockport the six, South Holt the seven, Stanbury the eight, Nauvoo Valley the nine, Mountain the ten. The only way that changes is if Nauvoo Valley upsets South Holt. Nauvoo Valley would then get the seven seed, South Holt the eight, Stanbury the nine, and Mount C the eight, Mount C the ten seed. Which you then have Stanbury versus South Holt in the first round. That'd be fun, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think South Holt beats Nauvoo Valley. So that's kind of the district possibilities there. Um, based on the math I kind of did. That's very, very rough math. But hmm. So should we take Phil's question or take John's question? Seems like they're all must-wins next week, but um, I don't know. Do you have any must-wins for this week? Well, do you want to win conference or not if you're in Platte Valley? <laughs> It's a pretty must-win on that one. Um, I would think it's more of a must-win for Bramer than it is North Shelby. I think Bramer wants that two seed and get a couple of home playoff games um, with that. Ooh, I don't know. You don't want to be North Shelby and riding that bad three-game losing streak into districts. I understand that, but also I think they're still a pretty good safe bet to get the district championship game with that district. They'll play in Sweet Springs off of – Losing three or last four kind of deal at that point going into that game is not ideal, but I think they'd still be favored in that game. So I don't think that is as – it might be just for morale might be more important, but their standing-wise in the district is still the same either way. They're just kind of locked in that two seed. They have been ever since losing to St. Paul um, with that. So is what it is. I think Bramer, it's more important for them to get a home game versus LeBlanc or King C that second round than have to travel – to one of those teams. I think just psychologically for the young team, I think it helps them more in that situation. Um, I think your boys down in Appleton must win and get that five seed and just kind of avoid playing Lockwood, I think is would be a plus there in their first playoff game for either them or Jasper. Just like, hey, let's not play the Tigers this week. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know who's going to win that game either. I'm leaning with your Bulldogs, but I'm not super confident about it. If you had asked me three, two weeks ago, I'd been confident too. And then they uh, did not perform well last week against Lockwood. So, well, it is Lockwood. Lockwood's playing good football as well. I mean, um, also shout out to Juan Rivera for Jasper. He had six touchdowns versus College Heights, five rushing and one return touchdown. So, shout out to him. He's a good player. Uh, with that, so you can see Juan Rivera and um, Mitchell Avalos versus Chase Anderson, Cash Anderson. So that'll be a lot of fun, at least in that one. Um, let's see here. Other <laughs> what? Oh, who do you want your Who do you want your daddy to be? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> uh, um, see what the mess win games this week. I mean, it's, See, the, the St. Paul Drexel game is not a must win for either team. It's just a lot of fun, is where I'm at with that game. Like, it doesn't mean anything for district standings. Both of the teams are locked into where they're at. But I think it's a lot of fun to kind of see two teams who are in that 
seven to 12 range of whatever teams you want to like in that range playing each other. I think it's always a lot of fun. It's not really a must win game though, for either one of those teams. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I don't think there's any other like must win games this week. There's a lot of bad matchups this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Last week was our good week. Last week was a lot of fun games and we both went to the same one. It was, the best one. So, I mean, it was a very good game as well um, with that. I do have, let me see here. I know someone was asking earlier about. Your math. No, it's not math. This is just figuring out what Misha does with their hosting semifinals and not. And why it's the way it is. So we'll start with the just semifinal number two there. So Oric, trying to think here. St. Paul Lutheran would only host Oric on there. It's the only chance they have to host in the second round, in the semifinals, because they will be on the top side of the bracket in an even year. The If both teams host the same amount of uh, district games, then – the tiebreaker goes to the bottom, the bottom half of the bracket, which would be no. Do I have that wrong? I don't even know if I have it right now. Dang it! Because <laughs> I don't know if it's on the top side of the bracket. Give me one second. I hate Misha so much. <laughs> you guys see how they have that situation? I know the one versus four. Archie is on the road no matter what. They have no chance of hosting a semifinal um, at this. I just read the Dykstra comment. I'm now I'm flustered because he's talking about Johnny writing up dive plays for the fullback. <laughs> yeah, so Archie, they will be either at North Andrew, EA, Platte Valley, Worth County, Albany. Whoever wins that district, they will be on the road for that one. Um, if you're in that district and you are the four or five seed, you are going to host anybody in the state semifinals just because of the way that's going to work out um, with games wise on there. Uh, if you're the two or three seed, you are rooting for Archie to win there. So you get a host because if it's Lockwood and you're the two seed, you will be on the road and traveling to Lockwood, which would be a heck of a drive. If you're someone like Albany, you're driving from Albany to Lockwood. That is a heck of a drive. Um, with that, so Drexel, they would host North Andrew, but they would have to travel to any of the other two, three, or four seeds. Uh, and the one caveat here is the higher seeds winning. If there is a scenario where, say, Worth County is the four seed and they upset North Andrew in the second round, Worth County would still travel to either EA or Platte Valley or Albany, whoever's that two, three seed in the championship game. At that point, if that team were to win and host, they would actually travel to Drexel because they hosted the district championship game and Drexel or, or Lockwood would have been the road team on there. We can get, we can get to more of those minute details uh, when it comes down to it later in the year. Is there a place to find the numbers for the stuff or at least has it figured? Um, so I've tried to figure out the mission formula before and I kind of do a rough draft on it. A lot of it is not only your opponent's winning percentage, but also what makes it more difficult is your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. And at that point, you're like five degrees past where I want to go math-wise 
because it gets very complicated. Um, but I think usually just the regular opponent winning percentage gets you pretty close with that. And you can kind of see them, the current mission point standings and take a pretty good guess of, hey, they're down four points total mission points. They're probably not going to overcome that in a week on there. If things are close under a half a point, there's a chance with it um, on there. Um, are we still doing our pickums this week? We're only an hour in. Maybe we do that. Uh, not live. Not live. <laughs> At least I mean, we, can. we can. I don't. It's up to you. I don't care either way. I don't. You know, I got to write my MIW column sometime tonight, but I've already put it off till Wednesday. What's another day, right? <laughs> It's up to you. Um, let me talk about players to watch in the 275 Conference Championship game on there. Uh, get your favorite player in the conference, Jarrett Spinato. Got to watch him. 35 carries. Is that what he needs to have? Yep. 20 carries, 15 receptions. Oh, it says 35 that? touches. Yes. Does that include kickoff returns? Just any touch you can get kind of deal? I mean, if Platt Valley kicks to him, that's, they deserve to lose. <laughs> yeah, they should just let Weir just boot it out of the end zone every time. Yep. Just boot it. Um, let me see here. So far, he has 107 touches on the year. Not enough. That's about 14 a game. You're going to need to probably double that. <laughs> yeah, we're, okay, this is the podcast where we call for Barons to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I will rescind that if I get an East Ashton hat. I'm kidding. I'm already getting one oh, here soon. So. That's the, the joy that of point. We've reached working. that point, huh? It's this joy of my sister working at Tarkio. I, you know. Don't mute me. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think Carl Luke will be back in action this week. I think they've been kind of resting him. I think he suited up last week. I'm not sure if he actually played. There were zero stats on him this week. I thought um, he played like the first and last play of the game. He might have to do a senior night on there, um, but like he didn't have a tackle or a carry or anything on there. So like in my book, he didn't play, even if he was on there on the field. Like um, Chandler Wilson's comment. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> See, Chandler, we still gotta do the crossover um episode where you come on there and just have my tweets that I've said in the past and roast me for them. We still gotta do that at some point because I think that'd be a really good podcast for you guys to do just to put me on trial for certain tweets I've had over the years. There's a lot to, there's a lot of ammunition there. There's that, enough. There's <laughs> enough to support Ukraine for the next <laughs> twenty years. Oh uh, yeah, that's fair. Easy. I mean, it's really easy content. You just gotta, you gotta search my name and just random keywords, and we'll see what comes up. <laughs> this is pretty much where we're at. Don't do that, folks. Don't do that, kids. <laughs> A lot of it's gonna be free DOD content out there on Twitter. It's about half my tweets over the years. Um, with that, which is why my pinned tweet is the way it is. If you are still here and following me, I congratulate you because it's not easy. Because um, I just tweet out about Chiefs. I don't know. Deep 
in my double A. Congratulating someone is <laughs> I give the I give I give the people the credit for sticking with it because I don't make it easy. Um yeah, and the Graves kid looked pretty good. Um yeah. last week as well for Ye. So and we don't talk about him enough. Uh but it's the Litherberry kid on defense. He's played very well for them, filling in for Merriweather. That was probably my biggest concern for EA this year was how are they going to replace Merriweather on defense because he was a heat-seeking missile and would knock out your best player. Um, and he's been very good in that role in middle linebacker. He's had 109 tackles right now in the year, eight tackles for loss, a pick. Um, he's been very good this year for them. The EA defense has still been very good this year, uh, which has been awesome for them. And I believe East Ashton, I think they're second in – uh, point differential this year as well. Yeah, they are. It goes Archie, EA, Worth County, Drexel, Platte Valley for point differential uh, on the season. And that's with Platte Valley the last couple of weeks playing the first half of their starters and just like sitting on the ball for the whole second half and letting their JV kids play defense um, against like the Cab and Stewartsville. So pretty impressive there for Platte Valley. Still be top five despite really not even playing their varsity in the second half. Um, a lot of those games just get canceled, which is always just more fun for the for the media people. Just go home. <laughs> I enjoy that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Is there any other? Oh, did you also realize? Oh my gosh. Anyways, did you realize that it was thirty five point mercy rule this year instead of forty five? Yeah, I did not realize they changed that rule. I mean, thank you for sending my Twitter account. I appreciate that. I get paid in likes and retweets. I don't get paid very often. <laughs> How many followers do I have to have? Do, uh, do the uh, $2.99 a month thing? More than we have. And shame on, on you if you're paying $2.99 to see someone's tweets. Yeah. You don't have over 1,400 followers on Twitter. We got 2,600 on our eight-man account. So there's at least 1,200 people who prefer just the eight-man account to me. <laughs> no, it's the same person tweeting out. Which they're not getting all the D2 and Chief stuff with that one and whatever other nonsense I tweet out. Yeah, I'm sure you you were thrilled with them throwing the ball when they were rushing three linemen last week, too. Um, Okay, Mr. 925 followers. Who <laughs> <laughs> followers? <laughs> Also, you've sent out 23.7 thousand tweets. Really? We've sent out over 13,000 on the Moatman account total. You want to guess how many tweets I've sent out? 100,000. What? 100,000. It's only 50K. <laughs> Since my like sophomore year of high school when I've had this Twitter account. Maybe that's how I get more followers. I need to tweet, tweet out nonstop. <laughs> and he starts losing followers. You know, okay. I, I've said some things that I'm surprised I haven't lost more, to be honest. Probably the, <laughs> probably the Drexel fan who I kindly. Oh, man. Bless his heart. He says some stuff that bro, I just I have to I have to like force myself not to say anything. No, no, no. I've reached the point where I will say something. 
I think my personal growth has just been not responding to people on Twitter. That's been my personal growth. It's just every once in a while, you know what? Just let it, just let it go. Just don't say anything. I do have more fun when I say something, though. <laughs> it's, just, it's just more fun. Um, with that, is there any other comments here? Is it just Dykstra still in the chat? Hat talk, Twitter talk. First of all, it makes us both really sad that Facebook gets more um, engagement than Twitter on the Moyet Man stuff. Oh, we enjoy Twitter more. It's not close either. <laughs> I know. There's so much engagement on Facebook. So I'm like, ah, I got to post this to Facebook so all the moms can see it. It's pretty much the role of Facebook. So Facebook's Instagram. up for all the moms and the grandparents. Instagram probably gets more. Instagram for the kids. The kids love the, the Instagram photos, especially. And then Twitter is just for our hot takes. <laughs> Which is why we enjoy Twitter more. And just the yes. fights. Yep. We got anything else? It, are we just doing the pick'em thing in the podcast then? Did you freeze or did I freeze? <laughs> okay, it was, it was perfect timing. Are we doing the pick'em in this or this or the podcast? Or are we not doing it at all this week? What? Are we doing the pick'ems here or the podcast? Or we're just not no doing it at all. No one's listening anymore. We'll How many viewers it. do we have right now? Twenty-seven. Hey, got it, boys. So, no, nah, just take the week off. Chris isn't here. Yeah, is no, he still tweeting about baseball? I'm gonna yell at him. He's still tweeting about baseball. Let's see here. He's got almost 1,400 followers. Look at that. Yeah, he hadn't tweeted in the last hour, though, so maybe he went to bed. I don't know. Trice is still here. Still got our, what, the third best quarterback in Albany history? Second in mine. He's number two <laughs> in my heart. The best running back to play quarterback in Albany history. Yeah. I just want to see if he comments at this point now. Is there anything else? This has really came off the rails the last 10 minutes. We gained a listener. I don't know how, but... Did we really? <laughs> God bless their heart. Anyways. So, yeah. We appreciate all of you. That's right. Well, most of you. <laughs> if I don't appreciate you, I'll let you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we got one more week, regular season. Make sure you guys – Anthony, are you going to Bramer then? Have you decided that officially? Or still up in the air? Uh, I guess I'm going to Bramer. Okay. Um, I will be doing Platte Valley at East Atchison from Tarkio High School. So I'll be on the north side of the field, away from the fans. But I'll be able to, be able to do all that. She should be a lot of fun. And then Saturday morning – 10 a.m. kickoff, uh, King City hosting St. Joseph Christian. I'm doing that game as well. So we'll see with that. And then, of course, uh, LeBlanc, they're playing a game as well at 1 o'clock on Saturday. So districts should all be finalized there sometime Saturday evening. I'm kind of curious how Mitch is going to do that with the last games on Saturday. Finishing later, it won't be just like a fury on a flurry on Friday night to figure out who's in what district, and especially with King City and LeBlanc both playing there. That could decide a lot in seating for that district. 
So we might not know for that district who the two, three, and four seeds are until six o'clock on Saturday. So <laughs> stay around for that, I guess. We'll see how it goes. Um, a lot of it will depend. If Bramer loses on Friday night, then that's going to be a real fun Saturday afternoon just to see those games go final. So Michigan decide how they want to rank those three teams there with the mission point standings. So other than that, this will be the last two broadcasts for the Facebook live for the year. And then you'll see a lot of highlight packages and photos from Anthony. And I just bought gloves today. So I don't freeze on the sideline. Hard shoot highlights with gloves. I bought the gloves that have the removable fingers thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how well they work. Yeah. You're wrong with my gloves either. <laughs> people are going to wonder why we're live again. <laughs> oh, these poor people. We appreciate the 8 man community because they deal with us. All right. You have to get the good host on. All right, so this is going to be the pick em portion of tonight's show. We came back for this special for you guys with Dykstra. So uh, we're all gonna... well, we came back live because Zoom wouldn't work. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so Chris decided to ditch us tonight. He actually won last week at 7-0. and um, Anthony and I both went 6-1. and I beat Anthony closest to the points, 64 compared to 24 compared to 61. Chris, he was 48 points off of his um, there, but Chris would have won. But John's here this week, so John will get the first pick, followed by Anthony, then myself. Uh, we're going to pick 18 of the 20 games. We're going to exclude two games. We're excluding the Southwest Livingston North Andrew game and excluding uh, Northland Christian at KC East Christian over in Kansas, just so we can both all three pick six games uh, this week. So with that, John, you get the first pick. With the first pick. This is my first pick ever. I'm this excited, guys. I hope I hope the two people listening are excited as I am. But I'm going to go to South. I don't know how to unmute because I don't do this. <laughs> okay. What do you got, John? I, I famously love the South, so I am going to go with Lockwood over Rich Hill as my first pick. Taking King Henry away from Anthony. Anthony is going to kick you out of the broadcast now. He follows me on Twitter. I love that guy. <laughs> what number is he? Number one in my heart. That'd be you like her. <laughs> in my heart, it's King Henry. He's worth number eight, right? Six. Is it six? Oh, oh man. I shared all the highlights too. Man. Sorry, I oh, muted your I muted your at, account for a little bit. At, at Crane underscore Anthony to see all of your eight man highlights. I, it's Cayman's eight, isn't he? That's my bad. My bad, Henry. And Cayman. My bad. Because Cayman's the one that had the slick the slick swim move on the pass rush that you shared. I did see that video. All right, Anthony, what pick you taking? I, like, I think he had like three. No, wait. No, no, no. I'm thinking of Appleton. Ah. I don't know who 27 for Appleton City is. The dude had like three sacks last week. Shout yes. out to you, 27. Straight cash, homie Anderson. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Worth County. Worth County over Stanbury. What a homer. 
I am going to go to one of the Saturday games. I'm going to take Bishop of Blonde over Knox County. And I'm actually going to stay with Saturday for my second pick and take King City over St. Joseph Christian for my first two picks, both happening on Saturday. Back to Anthony. Speaking of homers, give me South Holt. South Holt over Nottoway Valley. It's a little that's a little early for my taste. It's about one. right. <laughs> I was just happy that last I week know, I got to pick Nottoway Valley for the first time all year and it made me happy because they gotta win. So I like I like to semi challenge myself. I don't want to take the easiest games. Which is why I usually win the pickups. <laughs> That is true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. We got to take a time out here, Matthew. You guys, listen, I'm the one in the trenches every week in Rosendale writing the stories. I've been at two North Andrew games this year. <laughs> Just because the purple teams hate you. <laughs> purple, blue. All right, John, you got two picks here. Orange and black. I do have two picks. And for my first pick, I am going Rockport. Over Mound City, and I, like it. and I am going with Archie over Liberal. You are really filling in for the ten pin roll today. Going a lot of South teams. I like I, it. <laughs> I am going the full width of the state. I gotta go east next because I got as far <laughs> north as they go with Rockport, and then I went south too. Lockwood, yeah, that's about as far south as you can go. Yeah, yeah. All right, Anthony, what's your third pick here? Platte Valley. Platte Valley over East Atchison. I kind of wanted to take that because I figured you guys would lay off of it, but I forgot Anthony hates East Atchison. With all <laughs> no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> God, easy hate East Atchison. Didn't you call for Barons to lose his job earlier? <laughs> <laughs> We're joking. We are joking. No one, no one cut this. We love Bears. Oh, oh, they are. They are. I, mean, I can go Turkey this week. A basketball official. Have you seen that man work? Ugh. I'm just kidding. Barron's the best. Okay, one second before we go on my Wait, picks what? here. What did, what did you, what did he do to, you? what did Matthew do to you at the North County game? I, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did you ever tell? Oh, I don't know what happened there. I'll review the tape. That's <laughs> what we're going to have to do for that one. <laughs> Anthony gets um, wet really or something? Like what? So apparently I'm just taking all the games that aren't on Friday. So I'm taking Albany over Pattonsburg and then oh, Norbert Harden yeah. Central over Keatsville. Both Thursday games as well <laughs> for me. That's a double disappointment. I was hoping you were just ignoring that. So we back to Anthony now. Oh. Shout out to Matthew Evans. Is Matthew the only one listening right now? There's there's 12 people. He's the favorite of that brothers of that family. I'll take Matthew over Carson. Anthony, yeah, it's your pick, Anthony. Rockport. Sorry, taking. Wow, you took Rockport? Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I said good pick, even because I beat Mount City. Not uh, Skyler. Skyler over Hughesville, taking one of the East options away from it, from John. I wasn't going there, so maybe that's. Wait, who'd you take there, Anthony? We taking Skyler? Oh, I'm taking Skyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, just making sure. We have that one great no, one time no. listener that loves Tyler, right? She's where's she at? She because she said they were gonna beat somebody really good. I forget who it was. <laughs> um they were gonna beat North Shelby and that didn't happen. Give me the fight in Gibsons over uh Cab. All right, so Stewart's Phil Osborne going to five and four in the year. Yeah, yeah. And give you me. You have them Tigers. They got them last year. Game of the year. Man, it's it's starting to get tougher in this out here. No wonder Ten Penny didn't want to do this. Um, I'm pretty confident though. In uh, I'm just going with the two best running backs in the state. First, I went Gibson. Now I'm going uh. Jackson Miller. There we go. Not Jackson Miller, Miller with Oric over Santa Fe, the top two leading rushers in the state. There with that. And, and I didn't mean that top running back thing, just in case Carter Luke's <laughs> listening. Or Haydecker. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He's going to write forgotten those cleats this week. <laughs> Anthony? Uh, Sweet Springs. Sweet Springs over Concordia. Now we're getting down to the final four games here. We got Osceola Greenfield, Jasper Appleton, North Shelby Bramer, and St. Paul Lutheran Drexel. No wonder nobody likes to do these with you guys. You just mean. Um, I am going to take my boy and Coach Bryant with Greenfield over Osceola. Thank goodness. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Appleton City over Jasper. So two games left. North Shelby Bramer and St. Paul Lutheran Drexel. I don't want to pick either of these games. So <laughs> That's why I left them for the last two. <laughs> Holy cow. Give me Bramer. Bramer over North Shelby. The fight in Jordan Haley's. So I get with no line. Top 10 matchup. Um, it's a good thing you have me on because I can actually provide some analysis on this and, and break <laughs> it down like it deserves. Um, I see in the comments, how about them Drexel Bobcats? Yeah. Well, I, I do appreciate the Drexel Bobcats, but not uh, so fast. St. Paul and Maggers. We're going with it. SPL all day. Oh. <laughs> gonna get the W. Oh. Jaden Magger's a good player. I do like what St. Paul brings. Um, I think Drexel wins this one, Coffee's but it's gonna be a close one. Coffee's not playing this week, right? Yeah, you forget about Billy Lau and Ethan Daringer. I'm just making sure because if I forgot about Coffee, then I really don't like that. <laughs> Coffee shows up, run for 300 yards, and you're like, oh well, I didn't know it was gonna happen. It was so. 80 to 12, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. I think Oric will do enough to slow down Maggart running the ball a little bit. Um, the one game Maggart was slowed down earlier this year was the Oric game. That's the one game St. Paul lost. Um, so I think they can slow them down enough and directly gets the win there. Should be a fun one, though. Um, as you you actually took the top three leading rushers in the state this week. Because um, like Maggart's that. third. And you actually picked Archie over Liberal. And the fourth and fifth leading rushers in the state are Liberal and Archie with Morrow and McIntyre. I mean, if you guys would have let me take Eckerd, then I would have taken that with my first overall pick, too. So, And he is sixth in the state rushing yards. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so now all we're gonna do now is the points for everybody. How many points your team's gonna score that you picked? Three hundred and thirty-four. Okay. Seems very exact for some reason. <laughs> Three hundred and fifty-two. Now I feel like I have to take a weird number. I was cause... gonna say I was gonna do the exact joke and then Anthony beat me to it. I had three fifty-two. Written down everything or in my little calculator thingy. I'm going to go with 343. See how easy it is to misspell names, though? Brunson no. just did it. I misspelled Haley earlier. We all make mistakes. Well, Haley's a much easier name than Dykstra. But Dykstra's on the screen in front of you. So. <laughs> you know, as, as true as that is, Jordan Haley's name is on the stat sheets that I post every week. Um, Do you think I that, look at anything you post? You should. Those stats are all there. Jordan or Haley. Propaganda. If you posted pancakes, then I would read every week. If the coaches gave me pancake stats, you got you're you're betting I have a post dedicated to just pancakes each week. Over over under how many for Jacob Chittum? Oh, all of them. Oh, all the pancakes. Yeah. Shocking that Dykstra likes pancakes. 